Welcome to Creative Conversations, the Tiger Spirit podcast exploring the creative process in life, the arts and business. I'm your host, Yang Mei Ui. I'm an author and podcaster. Today, I'm going to share a conversation I recorded with my grandfather 40 years ago. Grandpa was known to me as Gong Gong, which means grandfather in Chinese. But out there in the world, he was Tan Sri Dr. Lim Sui An, a local GP in the small town of Taiping in Malaysia, and also Minister of Commerce and Industry in Malaysia's first government after independence from British rule. He was also a signatory of the Malaysia Agreement, the document that created independent Malaysia. He received the title Tan Sri for his public service. At the time of this recording you're about to hear, I was 13 years old and dreaming of becoming a writer when I grew up. That dream came true, and I traced the path of my writing career back to that evening in Malaysia when I clicked on my tape recorder and Grandpa began to tell the story of our family history. Our creative passion often begins at a young age. I was lucky in that my family took an interest in my youthful passion of storytelling and writing. They loved all the little stories I wrote and encouraged me to read widely by giving me books for birthdays and Christmas. They all knew I wanted to write the family story and would keep asking me about it over the years. As a teenager, I started writing the family memoir, but I was too young and inexperienced in life as well as in the craft of writing to create anything that was any good. I would return to the project every few years. But it wasn't until I turned 50 that I had the maturity and life experience to put it all together in my solo theatre performance and the family memoir in book form that became Bound Feet Blues. My fascination with capturing people's stories and voices also began with that recording all those years ago. I recorded my grandma telling stories about her life in China and other family members as well. In 2007, I began my first podcast, Fusion View, capturing cross-cultural stories from interviewees around the world. That pioneering podcast caught the attention of the BBC and was featured on one of their radio shows about social media. So, here is my conversation with Grandfather that started it all, recorded during the Christmas holidays of 1976, just a few months before Grandpa died. It was in the evening after dinner, and we're sitting on the veranda of my grandparents' house in Taiping, Malaysia, and the family are gathered around us. It's strange for me to hear my own 13-year-old voice interviewing him for my first podcast before podcasts existed. This is the only recording we have of him, so it is also a precious family artefact. Before we go to the recording, there are a few things I should mention. First, you will hear Grandpa refer to a bomo. This is a Malay shaman or healer. Secondly, the sound quality, I'm afraid, is far from perfect, as it was recorded on a little mono tape recorder, and it has been rather tricky transforming it into a digital audio file. And finally, this recording was first published as part of my 2007 podcast, Fusion View, and I've included at the end my 2007 self telling the end of Grandpa's story. How funny, too, to hear how my voice has changed over the last 12 years. And so, here is 13-year-old Yang Mei interviewing Grandpa. 
Tan Sri Dr. Lim Suyan by Uyang Mei in number 25 Sussanen Road, Taiping, Perak, Malaysia. On the 23rd December 1976 at 9pm. Can you tell me about, tell me the story about your grandfather? What I'm going to tell you about is the story of my grandfather, Lim Kui Sin, who came from China many, many years ago. There are no written records in the family, but what I'm going to tell you is what I've heard from my own father, Mr. Lim Ti Hui. Now, somewhere in the middle of the last century, the 19th century, my grandfather Lim Kui Sin was then a small boy and all that he remembered was that uh, he was a cat, a Hokkien cat, living somewhere in the interior in the province of Hokkien in China. At that period, he could not remember his parents or his family because the last thing he could remember was an invasion into his village by uh, crowds of people at night. And these people were known as the long-haired brigands, or in Chinese, this probably happened during the period of the Opium War around about 1840. At that time, these brigands uh, had long hair, armed with knives, invaded and pillaged the village, slaughtered all the people, and uh, as far as my grandfather remembered, he was then a small boy. After the incident, on the next day, uh, he was picked up by the chief of these brigands, or robber chief as you might call him, who was very fierce, yet had a very soft uh, heart and had sympathy for this small little boy crying alone in his house. So the robber chief took him under his wing and looked after him and brought it up as his own son. All that my grandfather could remember was that his original surname was He, H-double-E. But he took on the surname of Lim, L-I-M, from the robber chief who became his adoptive father. After many years of difficult life in China, when he attained uh, his majority and became a man, conditions in China changed and towards the latter part of the 19th century, probably around the 1860s, he came over 
to Malaysia. Malaya. Now in those days, uh, traveling was by junk and it cost a lot of money to come to Malaya. And as he had no money, he came to Malaya under what was then known as indentured labor, which means that in Malaya, there were people who needed labor to develop the country, to open up the jungles in Malaya, to plant spices for export to Europe. And as they required manpower, these employers of labor would pay the expenses for the prospective workers from China to come to Malaya who would then be under a contract to work for a few years where they would then uh, get their release from this contract. Now my grandfather came under this scheme and landed in Penang and was then taken to a little town south of uh, Penang on the mainland uh, called Sungai Bakap where he uh, was put to work in a spice plantation growing nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves and all the spices then of economic value in this country. After a few years of working in this uh, state where he was fed, clothed and uh, had his salary uh, and when his uh, contract was matured he became an independent man and during that period too uh, Christianity had been propagated in Malaya by the British and uh, he became converted into the Methodist uh, uh, faith. From Sungai Bakap, he came over to Taiping as one of the pioneers to open up another plantation in Ayakuning, a small little village three miles south of Taiping. At this period, this uh, bit of uh, land was uh, given to the Methodist mission to open up for purposes of agriculture and settlement. A group of Christians, including my grandfather, settled in this area. And Amongst this group was a man who was the ancestor of Mr. Ang Chai Tit. In those days, the jungles were felled by hand and uh, the settlers had to build their own uh, wooden huts and develop the plantation themselves.
in this particular plantation where my grandfather settled, there were many wild animals and there used to be tigers which would roam the neighborhood and every night when the tigers came, it roared and made a lot of noise, frightening the people. And my grandfather was given a gun by the government to protect himself and his plantation. It was a long, single-barrel uh, muzzle loader, which means you've got to muzzle load the gun with gunpowder and shot through the muzzle. To frighten away the tigers, he remembered, my father remembered, that uh, my grandfather used to shoot into the air to, to make a big noise to drive away the tigers. Do you know exactly wh where in China he, your grandfather lived? And why and why he left China? Well, my grandfather must be in his early teens, around about 10 or 12, because he remembered the name of his village, which was Hyong Chong Yen. It was in the district of Samfong, in the province of Kiangxi, the capital of which was Kian Chang Fu. There is another version about his coming to Malaysia and I gather that uh, after he was adopted by the robber chief, he grew up and when he was old enough, he was made to work. Uh, for the robbers and used to travel with them. Uh, he probably was not satisfied with that mode of life. He did not want to join in the, in the raiding of other villages. So one day, it seems, uh, he discovered his own origin, remembered or been told by people around who his parents were and how the robber chief had killed, had slaughtered his whole family and uh, because of the discontent and discovery of this past history, during one of the forced marches he escaped from the gang and went over difficult country until he reached a port where he planned to migrate to Malaya. How did your grandfather come to get married? You remember I told you my grandfather, when he came to Taiping, settled in Aikuning, he was then one of the pioneers of the Methodist mission. Now, during that period, 
the Methodist mission had connections with Singapore. And uh, at that period too, people got married through matchmaking by the elder people or elder members of the community. In Singapore, there was a family called the Sungs. An old lady, an unmarried lady, Madam Sung, who was a very staunch Methodist, heard through uh, the mission that my grandfather was an eligible bachelor who was settled, a pioneer, a good Christian, and had his own bit of land in Ai Kuning, Taiping. In Singapore at that period, this, this old lady had a nephew who ultimately became Sir Song Ong Siang, one of the Queen Scholars in Singapore and who became a leading lawyer and a member of the Singapore Legislative Council and who wrote the book A Hundred Years of the Chinese in Singapore and Malaya. Sir Song Ong Siang's brother died leaving a widow and two children, a boy and a girl. Song Ong Siang's widowed sister-in-law, Ui Chiam Nyo, became matched to my grandfather Lim Kui Sin and when they were married, she brought her two children by the Sung husband to live with my grandfather in Ai Kuning. On the 23rd of February 1887, my father Lim Ti Hui was born and in his uh, fa family he had two other brothers Lim Ti Yi, born the 3rd of June 1889, and Lim Ti Sek, born on the 9th of May 1892. Now can you tell me about your father? Well, my father, Lim Ti Hui, was born in Ai Kuning, Taiping. Now, in his uh, early days, he first joined an English school called the Central School in Taiping. Now the Central School was a mission school. The first school in Taiping, first English school in Taiping, it was situated in the present site of the General Hospital, Taiping. He had to walk all the way from Ai Kuning to the school every morning wow. <laughs> and uh, 
after a few years of schooling in Taiping, his grand aunt indirectly, the, the Madam Song of Singapore, who arranged the marriage of uh, my grandfather and my grandmother, took him to Singapore to continue his education in Raffles Institution, or then called Raffles School. So my, grand, my father spent several years in Raffles Institution in Singapore uh, before he graduated at Standard 7. And that was the highest class that he could uh, go at that time. He remembers in his boyhood days in Taiping, he had a very good friend, and that was Tan Che Ah, who ultimately became uh, his brother-in-law who married his stepsister Song. Uh, these two used to go fishing, and uh, there were many pools uh, in and around Taiping between Aikuning and Taiping so that after school he used to go uh, fishing with a net, a cast net and these nets they made themselves which was quite an achievement in those days. Uh, after catching the fish he tells us that he used to sell them, sell the fish so as to get some money for his pocket expenses and also help in the family budget. After leaving school at Standard 7, he joined the Pera Medical Services and became what was then known as a dresser or what we call today a hospital assistant. His first posting was in Kuala Kangsa, where he worked in the hospital and with his earnings of $12 a month, the money was so big in those days, not only could he keep himself with that money, he could even send money home to help in uh, education of his two younger brothers, T.E. and T.Seng. Uh, my father, being the eldest son, took on the responsibility to see that his two younger brothers were properly educated and properly married before he himself decided to get married because his parents died around 1904. Uh, both my grandfather and my grandmother are now buried in a small little cemetery on the top of a hill, not very far from the original settlement in Ayakuning, which was a special reserve cemetery for the pioneer Methodists uh, who settled in that area. My father used to tell me that when he was uh, 
a dresser or hospital assistant in Kuala Kangsar. He had many Malay friends and as a result of his friendship with uh, the Malays, he delved in Malay spiritualism. And every night after work with his Bomos, he learned the art of spirit, uh, Malay spiritualism and used to conduct sciences or what this or what you might call uh, manurun in the Malay term that is uh, to get a medium going into a trance and the mediums used to be uh, young Malays who body or spirit or soul or whatever you call them was uh, taken over by the spirits of uh, the jinn and uh, he tells me too that there are different types of uh, spirits the ones that uh, are well known are the jinn which is supposed to be a giant with red long hair and then there is the tiger uh, spirit uh, who when the spirit of the tiger enters the body of the medium uh, nobody should go under the house because as you know in those days everybody lives in Malay houses or bungalows where the floor is raised above the ground and under the house immediately below uh, where the science or the menorun is taking place the tiger is supposed to roam and would uh, attack anybody who came round uh, in that area and of course there is the other third uh, uh, famous or well-known spirit the spirit of Pontiana which is supposed to be the spirit of the woman who died in childbirth now my father tells me that uh, in those days uh, he was so deeply involved in Malay spiritualism that uh, he was one of the masters in the art and that he used to rear one of the jinns himself uh, it was common practice uh, in those days for these uh, experts or masters in spiritualism to rear certain spirits. That means to say you have uh, to observe certain customs, certain etiquettes, you have to feed the spirits, and you have to offer regular prayers and uh, uh, sacrifices. Now, what is the purpose of rearing a jinn? Uh, to him, it meant that it was power. You could use these spirits for purposes of good, to heal people who are sick. And uh, very often, he used to uh, help in the cure of the sick despite his uh, professional 
services as a Western educated uh, medical uh, 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 assistant. Now, during that period in Kuala Kangsa, he did not marry but ensured that his two other brothers, T.E. and T.Sek, were married. And at that time, a Malay woman lived with him. And uh, after working in Kuala Kangsa for several years, he was transferred to Kampa. And at Kampa, whilst working in the eye clinic, he treated a lady who had both her eyes uh, badly uh, diseased. And this lady, after much medical treatment, regained her sight, and she, who was uh, who had both her feet bound, ultimately married my father, and her name was Fong Chong Mui, or what we used to call as Haku. Now Fong Chong Mui, because of the fact that she had her feet both bound, tiny little feet walking on uh, small little heels, indicated that she came from a very well-to-do family in China. And her history is not very much known why she came to China, uh, why she came from China to Malaya. But what we do know is that her father, Fong, was a public vaccinator in China, who was the son of a Mandarin. That means to say she's the granddaughter of a Mandarin in a village in Canton, China. Now after my father married Fong Chong Mui, they had no issue. And at that time too, a little boy, a little Indian boy was born in the hospital and as the mother died, and as there were no, as, as this boy became an orphan, my father adopted him and gave him the name of Lim Sui Bin. Uh, and as you all know, he is called Kichiko. And he was looked after, brought up by Fung Chong Mui, or Aku, as we call her, as her son. Now, after several years, Fung Chong Mi decided that my father should have a family. So she decided to take my father with her to China, and that was before the First World War. They went by boat to Canton, went to pay their respects to the fam her family in Canton, and she uh, introduced my father to her other sisters.
Now that family had several sisters and only one son or one brother. And the second daughter, Fong Nan, was formally married to my father and she became my mother. And I was born on the 1st of September in 1915 in Malaya after my father brought my mother, Fong Nan, back from Canton to Taiping where he was then posted. At Taiping, my father was then working as the hospital assistant in charge of the hospital in the Taiping prisons. Gong Gong, how could it be that he could have two wives at the same time and both of them being sisters? <laughs> During that period, the Chinese culture was such that not was only polygamy permissible, it was also fashionable in that uh, besides being fashionable, it meant status. The more wives a man had, the greater the respect he received from his community. Also during that period, the main purpose of a Chinese when he gets married is to have children not any children but children who are boys to carry on his surname therefore when my mother was married being the second daughter in the family she was introduced and arranged to be married by her elder sister, who was then the first wife of my father. The first wife being sterile herself and unable to have any children of her own, it was also customary during that period to offer any of her sisters to be the secondary wives of the husband so that uh, a son can be born. That was how my mother, Chong'a Fungan, married my father. My mother was very thrifty, very industrious, and very business-minded. She used to grow flowers, collect flowers, she used to rear chickens to collect the eggs. She used to, there used to be a big fruit tree. The rose apple in the house at 96 jail quarters where I was born. And the produce of the garden was sold daily in the market. And with this money, she invested in tontines. In those days, instead of putting the money in the bank or doing other business, small investors put their money in tontines, which was a form of uh, loans at very good interest. The unfortunate part 
of this system was that the treasurer could go bankrupt and the premium of capital invested by the members of the Tontin would be lost. In the case of my mother, her investments in Tontin was quite high and as a result of the bankruptcy of the treasurer, Wong He, the adopted daughter of the treasurer, was given to my mother as a uh, uh, maid. She grew up with us and later became the third wife of my father. Around about that period, my mother's younger sister, Fong Yong, came from China since her parents had recently passed away. She too became a wife of my father, being the fourth in number, and uh, we called our mothers in different, differently in that the first mother, Fong Chong Mui, was called Aku, as she wanted to be treated as a sister rather than as a wife, hence the name Aku. And my mother was called Ama. Monghi uh, was called Asam, and Fong Lan was called Ayi, sister of the mother. In all, we are 15 children in the family. My mother has seven children, four boys and three girls. Assam had, has five children, four boys and one girl. Uh, Ayi has two boys and one girl. The recording stops abruptly at that point. Um, I guess it was pretty late in the evening that night and we all went off to bed. I was going to record more interviews with my grandfather but somehow that Christmas holiday went by. There were the Christmas celebrations and the family get-togethers and having fun playing with my cousins. I came back to school in England and we all got on with our lives. My grandparents in the next year went on a round-the-world trip to see all their friends and family. At the end of that long holiday, my uncle in London dropped them off at Heathrow Airport. As they made their way through to the checkout counters, my grandfather had a heart attack. He died there on the floor of the Heathrow departure hall. My creative conversation today was with my late grandfather, Tansri Dr. Lim Sui An. There are photos and links to some of the things we talked about on the show notes page. You can use the bit.ly short link, which is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash creative conversations hyphen podcast. Or you can go to the Tiger Spirit blog, which is tigerspirit.co.uk forward slash blog, and search for Lim Sui An. That's L-I-M-S-W-E-E. 
A-U-N, on The Story of a Family, or use the episode reference CCV0304. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Creative Conversations podcast, please share it with your friends wherever you share stuff. Or you can subscribe to the show or leave us a lovely review on anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify. You can find it by searching for my name, Yang Mei Ui, and I'll spell that for you. Yang Mei, Y-A-N-G hyphen M-A-Y, Ui, O-O-I. All this will help more people hear about the show. The Creative Conversations podcast is produced by tigerspirit.co.uk. The podcast web link again is bit.ly bit.ly forward slash creative conversations hyphen podcast. I'm Yang Mei Ui. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as at Tiger Spirit UK. Thanks for listening and see you next time.